My name is Jack Oatway. And I'm Jay Oatway. This is Like Dragon, Like Sun. That is right. The father-son D&D podcast where two generations come together and talk about characters, rules, our own opinions on the greatest role-playing game, Dungeons that's, and yep, that's, Dragons. That's D&D 5e. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, we've been been looking forward to uh there's a new uh, book, book coming, coming out, out. Uh, as of recording um called van richten's guide to ravenloft is it yeah and ravenloft in the largest sort of sense of the domains of mm. dread uh way back in the day if you're old like me you'd remember that ravenloft was sort of like sort of like the word eberron is used or the word forgotten realms is used uh it's one of those worlds yeah know? ravenloft is sort of denoted a a world where you have this sort of horror type setting. And there was back in the day maps with all these different domains of dread making up the core and Barovia where Strahd most famously sort of resides, the curse of Strahd campaign setting is just one part of that. And I think so what D and D beyond is going to be doing very soon. And we will go much deeper into this when the book comes out, next uh, week, maybe. hopefully next, next we'll week, see. uh, will be, uh, yeah, so we're we're actually just kind of looking at like all the gothic sort of stuff that's coming out and things, and I started like I started thinking actually about something I heard sort of another DM say, and and I want to sort of share that with you, and we sort of we're gonna get into an example of it. But when you're building a character for a world, and be that Eberron, be that Ravenloft, or the Domains of Dread, whatever you want to call it. Or even somebody's homebrew world. As a player, as a good player, it's not simply enough to build a really cool character. Mm-hmm. You need to build the right character. Well, I mean, that's a little bit pressure, but... No, it's a lot of pressure. I don't think there should be that much pressure to it. It's actually easier than you think. Exactly. We'll explain how this works. I think you're making it sound like if you don't play the right character, then you're doing D&D wrong. When really well, it's true. People are doing D&D wrong well, all it's, over the it's place. Just about talking I hear it. DM. I see it on That's the tweeters. It. On the, the old tweeter there, people are like, man, my players suck. Man, my DM sucks. Man, man, man. And 140 characters of whining about how like broken everything is because they're doing it wrong. Right. Okay. So what's your solution? Talk to each other. Mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's the secret right there mm-hmm. um so here's what happens typically uh for newer players newer dms everybody gets quite excited and they have this story in their head and they're like okay my world is going to be this and it's going to have all this world building cool stuff and i'm going to have these things and that thing and blah 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 and they might even in their minds are going okay well i don't want i don't want any of these races or any of these classes or any of this or that and meanwhile, the players are all like, yeehaw, we're starting a new campaign. I've always wanted to make up a really whack tiefling hexblade gunslinger. Um, yeehaw. <laughs> and right. uh, 
and then you know like the dm's like no you can't do that man because my setting it doesn't you know and and then there's this layer of conflict I'm like what do you mean you can't tell me what i want to play I, you know and everybody's sort of sad and upset and there's like back and forth on it so here's the deal you need you need to talk to your dm and the dms you need to talk to your players you need to know everybody needs to know what the setting is what is this world that we're going into what are the things driving this world what's going on in the the, the plot there, there should be sort of major sort of, you know, things that we can, hooks that we can give our players that they can start to build their, their, their characters off of. And the characters, players can come up with some interesting little backstory ideas that then you as a DM weave back into your story or your campaign or everything, right? And, and I think that this is the idea of building the right character is understanding just what is my mm. you know what is the what is the my dm need not just my party like we're not just talking about party balance or whatever the composition but it's that can like, really be flexible it's sort of like if i'm a really great player i can build and play kind of anything um but my creativity is really tested and put on on display when i'm giving a very a very tight set of parameters and say this is kind of the world it is. What do you think? Be, and then as a player, you can go, oh, okay. Um, how do we work with that? How do we, how do we mm. come up with something really cool in that space? I often think of like poetry. Poetry that's got a very like rigid rhyming scheme to it is much harder to make beautiful than just crazy open-ended do anything you want poetry. Um, somebody once said, you know, tennis is a better sport when you put the net up. Uh, you know, there's just some things are just better when they're a bit harder. And I think that the confines of saying in this campaign setting, these are the things that are cool. And then working together, building what that cool idea is. So we did that. Yes, we tried to do that at least. I mean, again, subjective. We think it's pretty cool. Um, well, if I was the DM and you all. were the player, we would feel pretty happy about it. And sure. you out there, that's all that matters, right? If you're the DM, you and the player come and working collaboratively a bit on building the the now not railroading your player into it it's but working together to make a character when the player that you're says hey i've got with. this idea then you can say to them oh well if he does this that would be super cool or when she does if she wants to she can have this or and then as a dm you can be kind of a little bit generous to sort of help them sort of like feel extra cool in that world and go deeper leaning into the the class features and racial abilities that that the you know rules as written have but mm -hmm. making them very specific to the world that you're going to be playing in and the character uh, i'd concept so what is that world for this character all right well we're in barovia the idea was that we were in a strahd uh governed barovia uh but your character while human would be Barovian of Barovia rather than the typical sort of story from where they're coming in from you know, the sword coast or right. someplace. Yeah. Right. Um, this idea I quite like, um, I, I would very much like to include this character amongst some others in a, in a, like, you know, we are Barovian, um, sort of a little Barovian uprising type story. <laughs> Were of the people for the people, they rise up against Strahd. Um, this character's name is Vincent Rookvant. Vincent Rookvant, uh, who I we we found out this is a kind of cool picture. He looks kind of roguish, dark leathers, 
surrounded by ravens. Mm. Uh, and and at first glance, you sort of think rogue, maybe. Yeah. Uh, no. And actually, playing wise, it, it probably would feel kind of rogue esque. Um, but especially with the skill monkey style stuff and other, you know, the ways they attack and etc. But you will soon learn that this is a ranger. Yeah. Uh, Our swarm when, keeper ranger. When everybody says rangers suck, it, it's not completely true. No, um, no, I love making rangers. The, there was some. There was a really cool idea you had, and as somebody who's been running Curse of Strahd as a DM, um, I have used swarms of ravens in the game many times. I had never thought that a ranger swarm keeper. I always think like bees for some reason or right. something. Um, well, it could be. And I've kind of dismissed that that subclass in my head just because I'd never had a cool idea. And then when you said, oh yeah, my swarm would be ravens. I was like, oh hell, oh hell's yes. That is so good. Mm. That is like crazy cool idea. Having this like character who's got pet ravens and swarms of ravens and raven helpers and the ravens, which are a big part of the game and widely considered by everyone in Brovia as really bad luck to kill. Right. Um, so having this character with all all these ravens around him would be seen as a, a very lucky character, um, in the eyes of many, most of the people, if he, if he had ravens on his shoulder, walking around with him would, would welcome him because I said, they, they sort of, people don't see the raven as a, uh, as a, yeah, or as a, a, they, they see it as a good omen. Yeah. Rather than a bad omen. Yeah. Right which is quite interesting um and different from i think where maybe modern like superstition in a more of a favor setting or something if you had this dark character with all these like birds on them and you came and sat in would be like what the hell's with that guy but and, here it almost feels in like Barovia, it makes a little bit of sense. bit more yeah so in terms of race what did we like what were the, the sort of the things we got from it i picked I suppose this is sort of an idea. We sort of had together, eventually we started shaping it. My initial idea was for a swarm keeper ranger, uh, uh, ranger with crows or some sort of corvid type bird, which includes yeah. magpies, ravens, crows, yeah. all those. I, I only sort of suggested that you lead into the raven idea rather than crow. Because Only of because the setting. Is the setting only talks about ravens. Um, so just staying thematically with that. So this is where we get back to the idea of the right character. Um, it makes little difference whether it's crows or ravens. Hmm. They all look, you know, one's a bit bigger than the other. Yeah. But in most people's play, players' minds in the game, it, it, they're just a, it's a black bird. Like, yeah. um, but because everything else is all about ravens in the, the setting, my advice was to you, not crows, they're ravens. And mm. you were like, oh, okay. It, it, you know, it thematically didn't really change anything in your build. It's just that one word makes it so that your character fits in beautifully. Well, it's even in the description for Swarmkeeper Ranger. is like it could be some birds, you know, yeah. et cetera. You know, I mean, there's many ideas for It Swarm doesn't Keeper. specify any particular type of bird. You could, in theory, have said canaries. Um, sure. Canaries would not have been the right bird for Barovia. <laughs> well, we had a Swarmkeeper idea, I think, first when it sort of came out, or maybe it was slightly before when it was in UA, of this Goliath who had this, like, 
chill like swarm of cold around yeah yeah it, it's been know. on my twitter account for a while the idea of the mm. living ice and you were talking about bacteria in it or something or shrimpers or shrimpers Frill, Shrimp. but this is a very different kind of swarm keeper i mean even shows you how a single you know tweak in the way you flavor a subclass can completely change the whole vibe of the character Absolutely. as well in in addition to other other choices you make so in terms of variant human what we got um i believe i received a language of my choice common and i went with the uh what are they the vistani language yeah so in my game um i have because that was with the set i have the vistani speaking a language called the paterna uh which it comes from you know older D D lore going back to like you know early first second edition stuff um only just because i sort of find the idea that in a curse of strahd you've got players who you know they have language options they can take but there's so very few other languages being spoken in the game that you should give your players something they can speak but of mm. course if they have the paterna which is you know sort of this creole mix of languages that it's very hard to learn they have to have some sort of background ties to you know some sort of vistani heritage so which worked out great for one of our characters uh in it uh whose you know backstory ended up tying him into all sorts of events amongst the dusk elves and other you know and the, mm -hmm. and the vistani within the story um so yeah he had the paterna and if yeah if you if you traveled with the the vistani for some time if you'd you know lived and worked amongst them uh did something for help help them with something um on a regular basis maybe maybe you would have learned some picked it up um it's it's definitely the first step to becoming sort of part of a vistani tribe which you're not su suggesting this character is but no. but it was just like okay you need a language so i also have some other old languages in the game like there's sort of like an old barovian um we call uh held vexi or belt hexi hexi i know that I one kind too. of stole from uh I stole actually from uh, that name of it from Critical Role, um, mm. one of Liam's, uh, I think it was his narrative telephone, actually. Um, yeah, just sounds cool. And yeah, it basically just means uh, forest switch in, in German. And, and so sort of instead of a druidic language, which as far as I'm concerned in fifth edition, it's only written. Druidic isn't spoken. Um, and so... All the Curse of Strahd stuff that talks about, oh, how the wild folk, the berserkers and the druids and stuff speak druidic to each other. I'm a bit like, eh, let's call that something else. Belt hexy. He knows um, that from an, another place, though, I think, believe his background. So, yeah, but... so, so, yeah his, so he's picked up the, the those are my in-game languages. And again, hey, folks, when you're building DMs, when you're letting your characters build things, help them choose the right languages. There's no point... Unless and someone learning deep unless, speech. Unless your like, character has yeah. like a really, like Good they're really reason, big yeah. into like their draconic lineages or being dragonborn. They would need, they really want to have dragon as part of their thing. And you'd be like, okay, fine. That's cool. Um, but just so you know, it's probably right now not going to be part of the game. Although if you speak it, I'll maybe try and find a way to weave some of it into the game wherever mm. I can. Um, and... And I suppose that's, you know, I, I tried to do that with some of my characters, my players as well. There's somebody who speaks primordial in it, and I've tried to find little places to drop a bit of primordial here and there. Um, I sort of feel like 
as a DM, you need to you need to make sure the players each get a chance somehow to use those languages and tools uh, that they have, those proficiencies that they pick up along the way. Otherwise, what's the point? Mm. In terms of yeah, exactly. In terms of ability score increase, you got a classic wisdom dexterity increase. Good for rangers. Helps with their spells. Helps with skills. Helps with initiative. You know, attacks, deck saves, all of it. What did you take as your variant human feat? I took magic initiate wizard, and I know even though the intelligence wisdom clash occurs in spellcasting, and maybe it's not theoretically the best power build choice. I just I, I liked the idea that of some of the spells that they get from it, which were uh, prestidigitation, just as a a classic small magic one. Yeah. Um, I chose mind sliver which i renamed into sanity screech we'll get into that in a second how sure. many of the spells are renamed to sort of suit the raven type theme and then uh find familiar became summon quill which is the name of his raven familiar i did kind of want a familiar um and so the only really true way to do that at first level was through variant human as yeah, a ranger at you least. know as a it's so great that a ranger has a pet raven that's and I not, didn't want to go Beastmaster. Exactly. That's not just straight pet, but that's sort of part of the overall swarm idea. Yeah, the magic in That, that yeah, while exactly. there's a whole swarm of ravens always around, that this raven that you've got that you call Quill is sort of a key part of, mm. of that whole thing. Um, I love that. I love, and I love the name for him as well. That's such a fun idea. Like, you know, a, a pen that writes with black ink that's made of a feather uh you know for a bird like that it's quite i think it's, it's lovely. quite cool yeah, yeah i like quill a lot uh in terms of some of i mean that's pretty much everything from the the race in terms of background uh he uh, in terms of personality traits it's not super important but uh we went to researcher with it because um, we really wanted it to feel like he's like sort of immersed in the law lore, um, um, and if he doesn't know information himself, he probably knows who knows. Yeah, so he seems to be some like way. somebody who, like I said, he gets around Barovia a lot, travels about. Maybe he's been moving around around with Vistani and things. He's gotten to know lots of different people, and I like the idea that you know he'd be the sort of guy that, if I asked you to make a history check, and you didn't know the information yourself that I would automatically, because of that background, say, well, while you can't quite remember, you know that there's a guy in Vallaki who works at the coffin maker shop who does know all about Although, that stuff or I whatever. I think that could almost be a general rule in D&D. If there's really vital information and they fail the check, just make it, instead of being like, oh, I guess you know it, you know, or like trying to like, oh, I guess you don't know it, right? And you miss a whole story beat. Make it harder. You know, they have to go out of their way to now find this. Sure. Well, I mean, this is, I mean, in, in many ways, that's what I'm saying. Like, this, you as a player having this is a dream for a DM. I'm like, sure. oh, great. That's a wonderful background. I'm so excited that you have that because now, yeah, we've, first of all, a lot of reasons why you can be. Like I can give you easier checks perhaps even or make, you know, let you make more checks more often. Uh, and if you don't know, we can set up little side quests and you and point out to you who in the story knows these things. So. But even as a tip to other DMs who feel like their players aren't getting any of the, the clues they're lying, like yeah, laying down If you're struggling the with checks, getting the story out in the game. Because the intelligence checks are bad or the roles aren't going well. Don't make it hard. Then maybe consider using this, you know, not just you – know, 
ignoring the dice rolls or cutting them out completely, but still finding that balance where even though if you do fail, maybe there's a bit of a harder way you can figure out by going to Look, said I, person, I, and I, then you can choose a new NPC and new other things. Like my my philosophy on on a lot of things in D, in Five E now is not to make you roll for it. Well, okay, this we've, we've had a whole monologue on this I know, in other but episodes. I'm so saying like, it, on, it, it, the only reason I'd be denying you like history or story if you're proficient and smart about these things and it's sort of your around your character would be that you know it's it is too easy. It's giving something away at this point. Um, there needs to be a gamble, a risk. If you get it, then hooray for you. If not, you've got to go. Mm do something else but also from the background i learned veltexi uh as a language i took sleight of hand history and thieves tools give it more of a roguish flair especially with those thieves tools as well and sleight of hand all of those i wanted them to feel very um you know capable in some ways you know yeah. investigative and intelligent and wise in some ways uh, and so that's also reflected in their stats although they do have negative strength everything else is fairly balanced with a 16 in dexterity uh Plus one in constitution and plus two in both intelligence and wisdom. So you went at charisma at plus. So zero. when I I was sort of asking you a bit about so what's your plan for combat? You had you kind of surprised me. Like you're like oh yeah this isn't going to be this is not going to be a, a ranger with a bow. No. Uh, Nor well, a crossbow. Although no. I I do see them potentially using a crossbow if they get their hands. But on we one. sat down. We kind of did the math on your approach to this, and the truth is it. It doesn't make much difference what you end up it's not choosing. Terrible, you know. I mean, there's certainly ways to make it way better. And if you're so, looking for an ultra, so longbows, build, longbows this is definitely are not your it, are are probably d8s, right? Yeah, they're they're probably the one of the best weapon range weapon attacks mm. uh, outside the heavy crossbow. But the thing about heavy crossbows, you can only make one attack per yes, turn. Yes, absolutely right. And so, as a multi-attack um, character, you'd sort of start thinking, you know something like that but the truth is that 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 d8 on average is is basically does five points of damage right if we sort of round up a little bit on it mm. um what plus whatever your modifiers are and i think we sort of learning in the mechanics of D D that it's your bonuses and things like that that typically you know are the most yeah, reliable carry that average damage. forward um so what did you come up with for a weapon on this so this character uses daggers as their right. main weapon, potentially from a cloak or from some sort of bracer that they sh can pull out and fling. Right, so you've right? got these, these basically throwing knives hitting all over your body. Yes, exactly. Uh, currently at third level, they only have one attack per turn, um, but that is a plus five, and with the thrown weapon fighting, um, fighting style from Ranger, they, get, can, they can draw it as a part of the attack, and if they hit uh, with thrown weapon you know not stabbing but when throwing it they get a plus two bonus to the damage roll so that gives us 1d4 plus three automatically oh well i believe it'll be plus five uh if it's thrown so a guaranteed six damage high end of 10 yeah and well so the average on that one rounding up is a three uh on a d4 mm. so that's really only eight two points eight different than a longbow right but this is not even counting some of the other things that now is why include. it i mean and and while i I'll accept that, you know, the max on it is, you know, four points lower than um, what the longbow can do damage-wise. You know, we're not we're not alone in our fights. And as long as we are contributing in terms of, you know, dealing out a few points of damage each turn, 
that's good right or like, helping in other ways often yeah well and this is just it this character has a number of other ways that they can be maybe even a bigger help rather than just trying to deal with pure damage but well they do so have some other you, options i think I, I guess my point on this out there well, is do you want me to talk about some of got, our other options if you have we, cool okay. ideas that suit your character's attack style and it's again about making the right character choosing the right weapon it doesn't have to be the one that does the most damage mm. it needs to be the one that kind of makes you feel cool and makes you like you know it suits what they're doing um and not worry about the fact that oh maybe my character is going to do three points less damage uh on a really good roll than my than if I, he had a longbow that three isn't going to make a huge difference over the course of the story you feeling cool about throwing daggers is going to make a big difference yeah also, I mean, sometimes it's like, well, I'm not sure what weapon I would take, so let's just take the more powerful one, and that's okay. But trying to imagine your character with a weapon, you know, harder for monks maybe, and maybe some big spellcasters. But I could, see, I mean, I think it's a, a big consideration. I think wizards should use more daggers. I think sorcerers, I don't think sorcerers get anything, unfortunately. Do sorcerers get? I, I think they get nothing. They get the raw end of the deal, man. Yeah, I, maybe they get a couple. I used things. to feel rangers were the worst. Now I'm pretty sure it's a sorcerer. I mean. We need a sorcerer patch stat. They're broken. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but watch our previous episode if you want to learn more about that maybe. But um, other ways that they can contribute to combat is with the new ranger thing, Favored Foe, which sort of like a hunter's mark built into the subclass. Whenever you hit something with the attack, I can then mark it for a minute or until I lose concentration, of course. And whenever on the first turn, every uh, first, turn, um, first time on each of my turns, sorry, whenever I hit it and deal damage... I can increase that damage by a D4. Oh, guess what? Now you've just taken your damage output of the that dagger by up, to, up two. to 2D4. So, so you should around. be able to get, you know, four to six points of damage on that. Five, yeah. Plus five, it's 10 damage on average now. And also remember, as a bonus action, if I really wanted to, I can engage in two weapon fighting and throw another. Uh, additionally, I have my Gather and Swarm, which... There's no amount of charges to this, unlike Favored Foe, which has only twice per long rest, uh, requires concentration, only lasts a minute. Gathered Swarm. My Gathered it's Swarm like works a little Suddenly, all these birds, all these ravens... Fly alongside my they daggers. They come out from... Yeah, they come out from your cloak and from behind you and from the sky oh, and yeah. from wherever. From um, around. Who knows? If, especially a lot of Barovian fights are outside, so it's pretty easy, easy to think that these birds have just sort of flying from in from the, the trees yeah. or coming in as as they can see that you've been in trouble they've been gathering around you um and or explain it in whatever way the the mists of barovia often things just come out of the fog anyway so mm. that's where your ravens come from and once on each of my turns i can either deal uh extra d6 with an attack i can then when i hit something try to force the target to make a strength save uh, against DC 12, not the hardest in the world, but still, or be moved up to 15 feet in a direction of my choice horizontally. That's so amazing. That's so much fit so far. Uh, I can be moved horizontally. Uh, and at higher levels, this would also give me half cover, but that's not so important right now. Um, still, that means you can kind of do some fun things if you just want to do more reliable damage. That's now, if the creature's marked as well when you first hit it, that's 2d4 plus a d6 plus 5, which is not bad now you know starting to actually look you know pretty decent that's actually you know, for a third level character that is you know that's we're looking at somewhere in, in the neighborhood of yeah i mean seven to eight or nine points uh plus your bonus that's yeah, it's not bad every yeah. turn reliably for a third for a level minute, character pretty good that's very good output 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, alternatively, if I don't want to do that extra damage or I, I feel like that's not going to be a, a huge impact. Plus it looks cool too. Mm, yeah, the idea of this exactly. character like reaching into his cloak, throwing a couple of like daggers out and this swarm of sort of ravens mm. following the daggers down towards the target. Um, that's just crazy. Pecking away and like hitting at them and yeah. um, swooping around them as the daggers you know, sink into the target. That's cool. I, I like feel it. like if it's not a super strong character, I could then pull it up to me, especially if I need to get that dagger back. I thought a fun combo. I hit it with the dagger. My ravens claw in, pull it towards me, and I yoink it out. Bonus action, stab again. You know, <laughs> that's cool. Fighting. Or try and get out of dodge. Uh, yeah. Alternatively, I can move myself. If I'm feeling a little too close, I action, stab, have the crows lift me away, or ravens Which lift me away. Which is kind of like a, back and a throw free disengage. Essentially, yeah. Every turn, it's a free disengage if you hit something with an attack, yeah. which is kind of fun yeah. as well. It, it means you can then, especially for somebody like this, if you're trying to be a bit of a range uh, attacker, your AC is only 15, so probably you don't want to stay close in on melee if you don't have to. Mm. Um, if you do get sort of up close and like that, have the ravens you pull hit. you away. Uh, and then move your movement so that now you're 35 feet. Mm. If they want to hit you with their sword or whatever it is, or if they're a zombie or gonna whatever, it's going to have to dash, and it can't use right. an attack on you. And and then you just repeat, and you just keep doing that and saying just far enough away that you stay out of trouble. Mm, exactly. Now, say this doesn't quite work. Maybe my daggers are non-magical, and this thing needs to take magical damage, or I'm just feeling my daggers aren't really doing a whole lot of things. For combat, there are some other options I have. Uh, I have Mage Hand as a can. Oh, well, this is going over spells. Uh, as a ranger, you get some spell casting in addition to the magic initiate we picked earlier. Uh, I already mentioned um, Mind Sliver. It, it's the same DC as it would be if it was Wisdom for my spell casting, given my Wisdom and Intelligence are the same. DC 12 Intelligence save or 1d6 Psychic damage, and um, subtracting a d4 on their next save could be good to set up a combo if someone else wants to try and get them to save, or if I want to do this. And then next yeah. turn, try and pull something. I'll have it helpful time. against things with high AC um, or good saves. Yeah, and and I it's kind of got a creepy gothy thing of getting into somebody's head, especially with the. I, I wanted to like make it feel like a raven. A ra yeah, this like head. screechy raven thing inside your mind that um, makes it really hard to sort of mm. focus and think of what you're doing. Distracted by this birds, the sound of the birds. Um, very cool idea. Yeah, I like how you the reflavoring of the spells, uh, which is something that you know was really put forward in Tasha's uh, something I've been a long time believer in. Uh, yeah, that's really good fun. Which other spells have you reflavored? Uh, though only having first level spells, even though I'm third level Ra character as a rangers, ranger, rangers they're half casters, so yeah. they don't scale. Plus, very you've fast, picked up some initiate stuff, so you get more than true. you normally would have. It's very true, and some extra cantrips because of. So you've actually kind of got this cantrip, kind of fun yeah. blend. You've got it's true. It's, it's a bit roguish, bit magical, mm. bit you know. A lot of cantrips for a ranger. Yeah. Like, seriously. That's like three cantrips is most classes, and I have that from just a feat and the subclass, which is kind of interesting. Uh, in terms of first-level spells, I have took Goodberry, which I recalled Good Seed. I imagine he could be feeding his <laughs> ravens this, like, as they sort of swarm around him. And then and just he, eating his own bird seed. As well. Just a little kooky, but also potentially helpful. Just like you see him like leaning his head back and just sprinkling it in his mouth as if it's like trail mix or whatever, just yeah. eating some seeds, and people are like, you know... What is that? Yeah, I mean, also, if someone's gone down, being able to just, like, 
bird feed. <laughs> Ew, you're talking about regurgitation? Well, I, I think I'd, I'd send one of the ravens over, like, wall next to me, and, like, the raven <laughs> split birds, bit split bird seed in the unconscious character's mouth, and they'd be like, oh. they'd wake up, and they'd be like, oh, what was that? Um, I, yeah, I'd allow that, just because it's, it's ridiculously gross. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that at the table if it's making people uncomfortable. Um, alternatively, uh, if I want to, again, go back into combat, there's Halo It's a bit Beats, of a cheat on healing potions, like really. I mean, so... You, a little bit. But it's only one hit point, and you can only benefit from one, right? Yeah, I suppose. It's a, it's a one... It's a literally just one hit point. One per day gets you up from being unconscious. Just Actually, I don't think treat. it is one per day, but still, it only restores one hit point. Right. Although it really gets broken if you... Um, if you pair it with like one of the, like the druid subclasses, I believe, which like anytime you restore magical healing, it does an extra D8, and so you could just like give people ten good berries as a first level spell slot, and they heal ten D8 yeah. plus ten. I think like, I think I would have a limit on how many good berries you can benefit from in a day, but fair enough. I mean, it's a, probably a good rule. I mean, also Z Bastio has a video on on nerfing good berry a little bit, but there are ways to suddenly make it a whole lot more impactful, uh, especially with that new druid subclass. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Hail of Thorns becomes Hail of Beaks. Yeah. So whenever I hit something with a, a thrown dagger, I can then not only do that gathered swarm if I wanted to, but also that burst of Hail of Beaks as all people around them also suffer the wrath of my ravens. Yeah, just a whole... Um, what's the area on that? It is a... I, it's just a five-foot radius, I believe, around... Right. So the that uh, swarm just sort of reaches out and pecks at everything. Around that, yeah. Uh, deck save or everyone there takes an extra D10 piercing. Uh, I think the ultimate combo here is bonus action. You know, get ready, like, hail of beaks, cast that, throw it, hit it, gather the swarm, hail of beaks. Then the concentration ends, and then as part of that, I also mark them with the favorite thing. So it's two d four, d ten, d six, um, plus five. I mean, there's all sorts of things going on there at that point, especially third level. It's maybe a cool little combo. That's like a and huge a, combo yeah. for a third level character. Can't crit, and also doing some you know burst group damage, which is often kind of hard to do. Um, with just weapons yeah so that's kind of fun uh alternatively i could do pestering ravens which is me reflavoring fairy fire maybe the most you know charitable reinterpretation you can take rather than things suddenly glowing it is now ravens outlining them you know or like bugging something as to revealing their position or making yeah. it easier to hit them so i mean you just have to look as a dm at what does what does the spell's effects do right mm. and fairy fire essentially is giving uh advantage to attacks and making it can't invis be visible. invisible things uh not so much visible but you, they can't benefit you can from being see invisible. yeah you can tell you know where they are you, can tell you don't have the disadvantage are. and so the idea mm -hmm. of having these birds these ravens um just revealing the yeah flustering around and, the positions yeah. of these characters hassling them essentially doing what many people do with their familiars anyways which is the help, help yeah. action um, but now you've got a bunch of them sort of lighting up everybody in that sort exactly. of space fluttering around them feathers are falling uh you know on top of like invisible characters so you can kind of see where they are whatever it might be um i guess the only thing in it that's a little bit harder to explain is like fairy fire you can see in the dark uh ravens i don't sure how we're explaining that exactly but whatever honestly i'd be happy ditching the dim light stuff it doesn't really matter to me yeah um uh and it's more than maybe advantage. and maybe we do maybe we just kind of you know we'll see how that goes uh yeah 
Yeah. It, 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 it's not, this is one of the things like when you start reflavoring spells a little bit, you, maybe you have to be a little creative how it works or doesn't work. But I, I just mm. like the fact that we're staying on theme all the way through with this character. Uh, and that, yeah, for its setting, like this is very, very, yeah, like, very right for Barovia. Finishing off our spell list, there's Jump, which is now Raven Lift, which I imagine Raven's picking someone off the ground. Um, speak with animals, just didn't change that one. Classic, just lets me speak with my birds. Well, there's lots of other ravens around that you want to talk to. So Exactly. Or other animals around, even. I have a druid and in then... my current game who is often talking with the ravens. <laughs> and then finally, Summon Quill, which you've already heard about, uh, my favorite familiar Quill. In terms of skills, there's also lots of expertise, as with the new canny stuff that can come from the new Tasha's Ranger, which actually really works for this character especially, um, rather than choosing favorite enemies or anything like that or favorite terrains. Uh, these actually work kind of better in, in some ways. Uh, expertise in investigation makes this character feel, again, very, especially with thieves' tools and other skill proficiencies, they feel quite balanced in terms yeah. of what they can offer in well, terms of skills. Well, the investigation is kind of an interesting thing like, as well. Nice. If they're looking for... They're looking for answers. They're, they're kind of trying to seek out, you know, where does power come from mm. in Barovia? How did Strahd get his power? How do I get more power? That sort of becomes the bit of the, when we get into the personality of the, the character, what they're sort of driven by. Mm. Um, and so then it makes a lot of sense that you're like, yeah, let's get some expertise going in investigation, um, looking for clues, looking for you know stuff which again in my mind feels very uh kind of like mastermindy uh very roguish in many ways yeah and then i mean as it stands pretty good stats across the board fairly decent saves they've also um, you've also picked up a couple things like using custom backgrounds right oh well we talked about that already yeah, these tools I already said sleight of hand that. history we already uh, mentioned those you've but. got some stealth those things again they feel kind of roguish to have but i think are really cool for this character um really good build and i think that's a you know something i allow definitely in all my games dms i play with seem to to be cool with it is the idea of using the custom backgrounds to give non-thieves thieves tools. And the fun uh, thing about Ranger is my hit points aren't bad at all. Yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, my constitution, of course, wasn't optimized to give me the most hit points in the world, but at level three, 25 hit points, it's, you know, not the worst in the world. I've seen sorcerers with, like, two, Yeah, <laughs> frankly. But... Yeah, uh, yeah the, 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 this character really... I mean, strength's down, strength's a dump stat, um, but... You know, well, strength saves are still very good because of the proficiencies sure. with uh, that come from Ranger as well. I mean, honestly, the, it brings it all together in some sort of balance. Great deck saves, great passive perception, and inv investigation. Like this character's, you know, never going to be looked at by a party and being like, "No, we don't want you." I mean, lots of fun things to add, roleplay wise, combat wise, information wise, s spell wise, sometimes as well. A little bit of support in, in certain scenarios. I think it's a well-rounded character. Uh, and I love the vibe and the, the spooky raven, you know, feel to it as well. And they're they're back yeah, and we made up, which we don't know, have to go too into. Really digging into the personality traits, ideals, bonds, flaws are also super important for me as a DM. To I understand want, a character. I no. want, and I I know a lot of people when they build it, they don't think it matters, but this is absolutely crucial. Depends the game, but well, I suppose. I mean, for mine, and I think for Curse of Strahd, working with your DM saying, so what kind of you know, I'm sort of thinking my character might like these sorts of personality traits. In this case, we were talking about, uh, he says, I've read every book in the world's greatest libraries 
or I like to boast that I have. Now, of course, he's never really been outside Barovia, but if he's been able to get his hand on any book in Barovia, you know, he's read it. Um, there's nothing I like more than a good mystery, and I'm convinced that people are always trying to steal my secrets. A little Those bit are, paranoid. Yeah. Um, his ideals, knowledge is the past, the self-realization and domination. Um, that's that's good. the evil one. I it's believe. a bit it's a bit dark, right? Um, and you know, once he discovers that there is, or maybe already has got clues to it, that there is knowledge within Barovia that is very powerful, mm. and learning it can make you, uh, you know, super powerful. Um, yeah, he may be very much thinking that's what he wants to go and do mm. uh, and convincing the the party to do so. Like his bonds are good too. I sold my soul for knowledge. I hope to do great deeds and win it back. And so I we, think of it less as a selling of the soul and more of some, you know, contract. I mean, you don't want to get too warlocky with it with but we, some greater we did. We shadowy sort of talked figure. A little bit about, like, that's why the Ravens love him so but much. But again, yeah, without being a warlock, digging into the idea a little bit of, you know, what are the 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 pacts the of pa well yeah who you know so how did the domains of dread work right there's there's sort of like little bubbles uh within the shadow fell there's sort of a a mm. gloom energy from this and but there's sort of these aren't your it's not driven by your primary sort of uh raven queen uh, if we think of any god of the shadow fell the raven queen's got to be the sort of dominant one uh, the domains of dread tend to t to deal with sort of lesser powers than that, but you being a very raven-driven character, I sort of felt you had a religious bent. If you had something, if you did have a soul of some sort, a connection to somebody, it might just be the Raven Queen who's a bit like, okay, listen up, I'm getting a little bit like concerned now about what the hell's going on mm. with the these domains of dread. So. Yeah, maybe you do have a connection to somebody like that who isn't typically talked about in Barovia. She's not a key figure of any sort, but um, being the raven sort of person you are, I think that could be fun. Yeah, I think so too. All right, folks, thank you for, I mean, this perhaps a little bit of a cre precursor to... Um, yeah, well, it's just ben as Van Richten's comes out, as you start to see all these cool new horror setting ideas... Um, as a DM, don't, even if it's your own homebrew one, don't hold all of it back secret, right? It, give the players lots of stuff sure. to talk about, work I with. I mean, I do that with tell my settings them, too. Tell them about the, about the languages, about what how their character might fit in, where they might be from. Give mm. them like lots of cool ideas that they can sort of build off of. Like try to collaborate and riff off of each other to, to make sure that the character is going to be really cool within the story. The player is going to have a really great time um, feeling that like they, a part of the world in yeah, some way that they're they have like meaningful connections to it um, and purpose and motivations and connections and contacts and all of that stuff uh, so yeah I think you know you can we can sit back all we want and we and we certainly have build you know hundreds of characters without a setting uh, the characters get even better if you build the right one for the right setting Mm, exactly yeah and that is all we wanted to talk to you guys about today 
we will hopefully uh, dig into some more of these actual settings. Yeah, some of the subclasses as well. I, I hear there's new two new All subclasses sorts of stuff coming out. Coming We've out. looked at them through the. The like UA in the and UA, stuff. and we kind of didn't yeah. like them a lot, like the exploding warlock. Yeah, we'll and the, see how it goes. The weird random chance we'll bard. See but what happens. I suppose we'll see. They might be in the right setting. Who knows? The they right might be subclass. great. Yeah, you're. It's very true. Thanks again for listening, folks. We will see you all next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. By the way, there's a link in the description for any character sheet if you want to see it. Uh, all right. Bye bye, folks. Thank you.